All right, folks. Uh, I've been MIA the last few weeks. I don't know how you've been. Coming into the uh, fall season here in Michigan is always, well, it's something. Um, I've also been in the midst of some real difficult moments, um, attending the funeral service of a high school friend, groomsman in my wedding, and an all-around absolutely wonderful, genuinely kind human being, uh, Ryan. Um, and uh, cancer is the worst, you know. Um, in addition, I've been balancing some mm, fluctuations in the grand scheme of the freelance universe, you know, that you and I uh, call home, fighting your everyday villains known as, uh, you know, mild depression and high expectations and <laughs> your average case of like quick start high energy, right? Um so that's been taking some time. And, and, and then a relatively seismic shift in my professional career is I have attempted to once again sharpen the focus of my agency because, my friends, this is the great chorus of my life, right? The, the, the double-edged sword, the creative paradox, the, the echoing anthem that like both drowns and revives the... It's the quintessential Achilles heel of every true type seven, I'm convinced, um, which we will get into immediately following this bomb.com opener to a little show I like to call Lines and Shapes. So brace yourself for a rogue show. Uh, It's close to Halloween. I have my uh, Hennessy. And I'm rereading Plato while also discovering the genuinely expansive depth of Thomas Merton at the same time. So it's super trippy. I may or may not recommend it. And I want to share with you a little story that is 100% true and just happened um, just recently, but is also like a recurring, a recurring, a recurring story in my life and has happened almost word for word a dozen times over and over and over. Maybe you can relate. Okay, so here's the story. I'm in this conversation with an individual from the uh, design field and and, and works, you know, like with with an agency, right? And um, and we'll just just call her Shannon, okay? So Shannon and I, you know, we we hit it off. We're having, you know, conversations catching up about... um, you know, all projects and workflow and process and, and all the different, you know, experiences and clients and all the stuff, right? And, and, and one day turns into a week and one week turns into two weeks. And then, you know, we end up meeting at different networking events. And, you know, we, we, we have some rapport. We, uh, we, we like each other's content on LinkedIn and we're, we're engaged in what the other person is, is sharing. There's some mutual respect there. And, and over time, we get to know each other a little bit. And, you know, fast forward through maybe a year, uh, we're communicating, right? And, and we're slacking one another. We're DMing, you know, each other on Instagram, that sort of thing. And, um, and as we're getting into um, just more and more about design stuff, like Shannon and I are, are um, sharing work and portfolio stuff and and we're, there's a mutual level of respect, right? And, and we share things like, hey, it'd be really good to collaborate one day, or maybe I could, you know, help your team with this, and, and maybe you could come down and be a part of um, something that we're doing at PAX, and, you know, and all the different stuff, right? So one day, 
I hit up Shannon and I'm like, hey, um, this is a really crazy question, you know, but uh, what are the chances that your agency could utilize someone like myself and I'd love to, you know, connect and just learn more? Um, And Shannon writes back with the most intriguing, but now is no longer... Uh, it no longer throws me off, right? <laughs> she she writes back with this uh, particular response. Uh, this is what she says. I don't know if I know what you feel most passionate about and what sort of work you want to be doing more of, if that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> and And here's the thing you know, when she, when she sent me the Slack message, I was like, how in the hell can you not know what I'm passionate about? Like, we've spent a year in conversation and, you know, you've seen my work and you've maybe read some of my articles or maybe they've listened to my podcast or whatever, right? I want to be super, super clear. This could be Shannon or John or Emmanuel or, you know, anybody. It does not matter. I've had this happen to me over and over and over again. Um, I've worked with clients and, you know, they've come back and said the same thing. That I've nailed a project. I have delivered on the, you know, the, the particular campaign. We've, we've completed all of the stuff, stage design and photography and you know, world travel and film and photo and spoken word. I've delivered the stuff. We we did a breakout. I was a public speaker. Like, it, 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 it doesn't matter. And we'll get to the end of this thing, whether they've known me for two weeks or six months or sometimes even for two years. And they're like, I, I just don't know, like, how would you fit in right here, right now again? Like, I don't know what you do. I don't know what you're passionate about? Can you, can you tell me more? Maybe you've been there, but like that question, (laughs) it, it has haunted me. It has frustrated me. It has encouraged me and affirmed me. It just depends on what mood I'm in. But this particular time, it, it hit differently. Um, and I really had to spend a if I'm being honest, I spent a couple of weeks just doing a deep dive again, looking back like almost this, uh, you know, this retrospective look at the last 20 years of my life, all of the ups and downs that we're familiar with in the freelance world and, um, you know, filling in gaps with full-time work or part-time work and picking up projects and landing huge clients and losing other clients and completing phenomenal, um, you know, work and, and building a portfolio, but then feeling the the loss of stability and, right, all of the stuff. So I spent this time really doing this deep dive. And then in addition, you're also trying to really turn the microscope on what what lies beneath all of that right? And you're, you're really pushing in. And, and for someone like myself, who even studies the Enneagram, you know, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the hard work of pulling away all of those masks and all of the curtains. And I, I'm really trying to figure out like, okay, number one, is that a valid question that they don't know what you're passionate about or what you do? 
And secondly, like, who are you and what do you actually do? And does that matter? Do you need to have a thing, right? Because this ties in really closely and intimately to another question, which is like, you know, well, what do you want to be doing in five years, right? That's a common question. People ask that question all the time. Totally unrelated, we attended this um, chamber downtown business development awards ceremony thing um, for PAX the other night. And, uh, you know, at the after party, we're hanging out, we're, we're having drinks, it's a good time. And that question comes up, where, where will you be in 10 years? And there's just a part of me that always dies inside. Um, it's that real hardcore seven who just, you, like, you don't want to lock me in. You know, do not pigeonhole me. I cannot be tied to this thing, you know. Um, but of course, like, as, as uh, lifelong dreamers, I mean, we're like, oh, like 10 years? Yeah, let's talk about where can we be in 10 years. Um, the problem is, you ask me on a Monday, you're going to get a very different answer than on Tuesday and also on Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday, every single day. I mean, I can come up with 10-year plans like nobody's business, um, like it is my business. Maybe that should be my business. I don't know. But my point being, I, all of these questions are coalescing and swirling around. And if I'm being really honest, like I even felt some dread about coming into a podcast and feeling like I had the integrity to talk about something that I was in the midst of just saying, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. What is this right now? How can I answer this question? And so I took a deep dive. And um, and when I came up for air, this is some of what I discovered and some of the language that came with it. And um, I hope it's helpful. And uh, now would be a good time for a Hennessy break, so. Okay. Well, I guess we'll just jump right in. One, I wrote back and I said, I've spent a lot of time reflecting on your feedback to me, specifically. I don't know if I know what sort of work you feel most passionate about, right? And that has been a lifelong question. And even though I have become better at answering it, the truth is, I never want to have that locked in, and that brings me so much joy. But that doesn't mean I have to be bad at providing an answer to someone else. And, and so I, um, you know, I started in this place of really looking in the mirror, of course, but, but <laughs> like celebrating the fact that I know I don't want to have that locked in. That's okay. That is a part of who I am. I love the fluidity. I love the freedom. And and that's okay. That is in my bones. But there again, that doesn't mean that I have to uh, muddy the waters for anyone else. You know, it doesn't mean that I, it doesn't mean I have to celebrate not being clear. That's not what I'm about. And I know that I'm an experimentalist through and through. And specifically after listening to a really great uh, audio biography by Malcolm Gladwell called Miracle and Wonder, which is based on the life of Paul Simon, and they do some interviews. I, I, I highly recommend it. It's a, it's a fantastic um, audio book. You can pick it up on Audible. You can also get it through Pushkin Media, which is Malcolm's um, business, publishing company. 
And um, anyways, one of the things he talks about is uh, he sort of compares Paul Simon at various points to some other musicians and then even uh, translates that a little bit over to the art world and talks about the difference between someone like Picasso and someone like Cezanne. And uh, and there's some really interesting, you know, uh, correlations there. Listen to the book. It, it's, of course, fantastic and way better than this. But um, one of the things that he talks about, of course, is this life of experimentation versus a strong uh, a strong approach to like young geniuses who are full of clear intention. They're, they're perfectionists in a different sort of way. And he says, you know, Paul Simon was this experimentalist and he peaks later in life and he, he sets out with no or, or very little real intention beyond the work that he's doing in the moment. But folks like the Rolling Stones or Picasso in the art world um, were young geniuses full of clear intention. They knew exactly what they wanted and they set out to do it. And they, they would, I mean, they would, um, they would iterate and they would improvise, of course, but always in service to ending somewhere else. And sometimes it would take many, many weeks and many, many months, many trials and errors and all the different stuff, but then they would land on a thing. And that is, uh, the thing that they maybe shared with the world, let's say, or the next step that they took publicly, right? But for folks like Paul Simon or Cezanne, um, they would they would run through some of those same steps, but it was all in service to nothing else. It's just, I need to experiment. I want to see how this thing goes. And then when I complete that experiment, that piece is done. It did what I wanted it to do. I am an experimentalist through and through. I'm more like Paul Simon, very much less like the Rolling Stones, more like Cezanne, not like Picasso, right? And part of that um, awareness was helpful in the last few weeks. Again, I've answered this question over years and years and years, and I've changed my bio online, and I have updated my website and my business cards. I mean, it's not to say that I haven't done this. You probably are in the same exact boat. But it was one more way of seeing it, one more affirmation of like, oh yeah, this makes sense. So that was one of the first things I took away. I am happy and joyful that I do not have a great answer for that, and I do not need to have that locked in. I am all about experimenting through and through, and that's okay. Secondly, I have, however, refined my passion language. So, uh, and this will be a little bit different in podcast form, but, you know, if you've been following me, this will be somewhat familiar. And if not, you can jump online and probably find it. But language for me used to sound like, um, like Justin is a creative director focusing on ideation, art, and design, blah, 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 whatever else I had. Now I've changed that after this, um, you know, this particular question from Shannon. And now the language has become, I am a creative consultant helping teams get unstuck and guiding your teams through any project, campaign, or launch. That's very clear. Now, I know that I have the heart of an artist and the mind of a futurist and the eyes of a designer. And I recognize it's messy, right? 
but I know that there is nothing else it could or will ever be. Like, that's it. When I look at who I am, it it just is these things all coming together. And I'm sorry if that doesn't fit in a tiny, tight, little organized type A box. Like, it just doesn't. And what I can or can't do for for this particular person, and again, this is not on this particular person, I actually really appreciate the feedback Um, And I appreciate this individual, but uh, like what I can or can't do for their agency or this particular team or whatever the the case is, like that is just secondary anyways to the fact that the best thing I have to offer is me and and who I am and the ways that I do things and the ways that I do things are just through creative consulting. I help you get unstuck and I can guide your team through any project, campaign, or launch. That's what I know. So that means that I can offer different design options. Of course, I can offer an artistic edge. I can offer, you know, mad experience around stage design or photography or editing or video or whatever, you know, all of the different stuff. But the reality is I am at my very best. And and even more so, I'd say, I'm most alive when I am listening to folks, recognizing patterns, and helping them connect all those dots, helping them identify the very best idea or even generate ideas if and when that's not an option. And in a word, that's consulting, right? You put me in a room or in a conversation, and I will listen to you, and I just have a way of extracting all of this good information and being able to reflect it back. I can also typically translate that into real world, you know, uh, deliverables and actual designs or whatever the case may be. But I'm really at my best at helping you get unstuck. That's consulting. So, so that, that lens has shifted. That was the second piece that I have felt a lot of, um, a lot of freedom in. It's given me so much momentum and so much energy. And uh, and I, I think, I don't know, it's been a long time in the making and, and a word that has always been on my radar, but I've avoided. And now after spending some time with it, it feels it feels right. But it, it, it needs to be done with integrity, with transparency. Um, you know, the language that I have for what I am capable of and the things that I do not know will always be a part of will always be a part of that conversation. I'm not trying to pull one over on anyone. I'm not trying to be a, you know, a, a life coach and bring you nothing but vague, um, broad, disconnected, fragmented ideas. That that's just not that's not who I am and that's not what I'm talking about. So then the last thing that I shared with with Shannon was uh, a thank you. And if you are listening to this podcast Right now, I would say too. Then this, the thank you, of course, won't apply to you particularly unless you have also, like Shannon, thought what does Justin actually do, and how could we, like, why would we, um, you know, bring him on in a particular uh, for for a project or for a gig? Then maybe the thank you will will apply to you. <laughs> but um, but for most of you listening, maybe take this thank you as language that you can share with people when they come to you and they're like, mm, tell me again, like, what it, like, what do you do? Like, so you're a designer, but you're a writer, but you like are into sales, but also you have a way of thinking about, 
you know, like all the CRM stuff, but you're kind of nerdy, but you're tech savvy, but do you have a background, you know, in like being coffee and like specialty teas? And I don't understand because you source like medical parts, but also you're into film. You know what I mean? Right. In, in, it just goes on and on. And, and if you're listening, that resonates with you, then you know. And if you are listening and that doesn't resonate with you, then you know someone like that. And you're like, yes, I need to share this episode. And so you totally should. But anyways, so here's what I told Shannon. I said, thank you for stirring in me a frustration and a desire to yet again look at who I am and quote unquote what I'm passionate about. Walking to that abyss most often is a mixture of complete fear and absolute love. And I have finally discovered a newfound confidence and rationale to say, basically, in the professional sense, I am not passionate about any one thing. I am passionate about everything, and I believe that everything is profound. And in the vein of T.S. Eliot, who, who writes, teach us to care and not to care, I don't care. It's messy. People cannot make sense of it. Shit, neither can I. I can't make sense of it. And that probably means my life will suck a little bit more than most. I'll be a shittier capitalist. And I will struggle to find work in comparison to some of my counterparts, I guess. So be it. I, I don't know how it could be any other way. Thank you for encouraging me to continually refine a particular point that you do not see clearly yourself, that you do not also understand. And yet, even as I can put more definitive, more nuanced, more straightforward language to it, the fact is the language is only going to reinforce who I am and what I do, when I do, what I do, <laughs> right? And that is still very, very complicated. <laughs> There's still a lot of moving parts. So at the end of all of these, you know, the last couple of weeks and reflecting on some stuff with a career coach and the past and all of that, I was reminded yet again, this really is about me being okay with who I am the way that I'm wired, and the path that I'm on. And in a way, it's it's even a little, it's one level deeper, and it's about being proud of who I am. Not, not self-righteous, not prideful, but maybe you too need to be proud of who you are. You have to embrace who you are. Who you are is exactly who a particular client needs at any given point. Not every client, mind you, but there are. There are some clients, there are some people, there are some opportunities out there that you are the absolute best for. And it is when you try to change who you are, when you try to so, so much try to fit into this particular thing, that's when you actually start to compromise and you start to miss the mark, maybe right? That's when um, you get incredibly stressed out. That's when you get, you know, all of the the, the chaos uh, sort of ensues. That's when those things happen. 
Because the reality is, if you are doing the hard work of being brave enough to consistently say what you're passionate about and what you are good at, what you know you're good at, which again, it doesn't feel like that should be brave, but if you are sitting there nodding your head all along in this episode, then you know what that is like. And you know, you know what waits on the other side is this phrase that we that we hate, which is this almost haunting uh, friction around a term and a phrase. It's a it's a definition, but it will lock you in to a caricature, and that phrase is jack of all trades, right? And it hits. It, it it rings out and you're like, no, no, I'm, but I'm not, right? Jack of all trades, master of none. We know what that implies. And maybe you need to hear today there, there is an alternative to the jack of all trade, master of none mantle. And that is, uh, is the Renaissance individual. It is the creative rebel. It is a smart creative, as Google refers to that you know group of individuals. Um, it's this creative director, art director types for so many of us. Like that is, that is freedom. That is a place that exists that we can go. That we can feel like we fit with all of our messiness and all of our generalist and specialist worlds colliding. Because there is a third group, uh, and and I'm in that group. I'm I'm a part of that group. That I'm there. I'm here, and I am in it with you. Maybe my fellow creative rebels, my my colleagues in the Renaissance world. Uh, thank you for listening. I hope it's been helpful. I hope that you learn to care and not to care. And I hope that you once again come to see the the profound nature in everything, in everything. And if it's a little bit messy, the way that you live, the way you were made, and the, the, the reflection of your resume, then so be it. Because how could it be anything else? Thank you, and stay curious.